que j'aimerais voir Stuff Said, a cartoonist's unique and distinct conversations with people in comics, cartooning, and beyond. So I rejected my own inking exam. Comics was booming! It was all hands on deck. You were going to be a cop. I was going to be a cop. I would have been a damn good cop. It's almost like if you watched The Little Mermaid, and then you had to interview Ariel. Right. The storyboarding so complex. There's, there's always room for exploration and, and growth. Everybody started a webcomic in 2000. I wasn't as good as I thought I was. Oh, yeah. I like to be on the side of righteousness. I, I just dwell on these things, and sure. the only healthy way to unleash that is if I turn it into something positive, like a comic. I'm just the guy sitting there <laughs> pissing on the, on the fence, seeing if he's going to get this pecker. Stuff Said, a unique podcast available at StuffSaidShow.com and iTunes. Um, you're listening to Inkstuds on the Road. We are still in Portland. I think this is our fifth Portland interview. You sound broken, Robin. <laughs> I think a, a couple of days ago I got broken, yeah. Or maybe it was the gunshots at 4.30 in the morning this morning. Did Robin. you, like, stay awake the entire, like, did you go back to sleep afterwards? I was able to get back to sleep because I was pretty exhausted, but it's still, like, the unnerving fact that I saw flashing lights from gunshots that kind of... 
Robin's Canadian. Yeah. Does that not happen at all in Canada? Not like this. No. I routinely just sleep in a bathtub everywhere I live because I'm from the States and know about the mean streets. That and he's worried about bed bugs. I always think it's fireworks, so I'm like, oh, whatever, go back to sleep. And people think there's a gun problem in the States. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, America. Uh, we should mention uh, we are joined by Lynn Weissel. Yes, that's uh, me. <laughs> thank you so much for uh, making the journey to come and join us in this crime-ridden neighborhood. But Ovens as well. We yes, that's my Twitter name. Yeah. But ovens. I have I have so many usernames actually. I've gone from like unconventional oven to ovens to butt oven to chipper whale like it, any of those. <laughs> What's a butt oven? A butt oven is um I I played uh, TF2 for a really long time on Steam Team Fortress 2 mm-hmm. and there's a lot of clan tags and so the clan that I was a part of is called butt and so eventually it kind of just merged together and people always laughed at the, the those two words together so I kept it. <laughs> Makes you think of like a Dutch oven. Yeah. I've gotten a lot of jokes about like bun in the oven or like like getting stuck in a Dutch oven. A ring. That's beautiful. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think I first came. I, I first found your work through through Effort Comics. Mm-hmm. Was that uh, what, what was the first stuff of yours that you that you started putting out out for other people to read? The, it was Effort Comics. Like I, I started it as a, an experiment because I couldn't barely even draw like one page without getting uh, losing interest in mm-hmm. art. And so I decided to challenge myself and have something that it didn't really have a rule and I didn't really have a long term plan for the comic. But I wanted to experiment and try new things in, in comics. And it I got to like maybe like 180 pages when I finally got my job at Slipshine. Mm-hmm. And I was being paid for that, so I didn't I kind of stopped updating Ever Comics and I feel bad about that, but it's really like doing that webcomic really has advanced my career. Mm-hmm. Like it got you to notice me, it got Slipshine to notice me. Right. And it, it's a really good way of um, showing uh, future uh, like bosses, your your motivation, right? And it's just a fantastic comic to read. It was interesting. It was um, so the, the gist of it is basically just what two two roommates. Mm-hmm. One is a cartoon bear, and the other is a human. Yeah, I uh, my my roommate now, Amanda Lafrenet. She mm-hmm. um, she also has a comic that's tunes and people, and we like to think that their worlds are kind of like a, a world A, world B kind of oh, nice. situation. And it, it's just they're they're normal people. Like it, everybody is. There's no. Nobody's weirded out that there's like a cartoon bear sitting next to them mm-hmm. and they, they just exist. And it, it's normal that this guy, I mean, we have this, this rule that if they do something funny and they die from it, they, they, they won't actually die from it. Right. Kind of like if a hammer drops on their head and it's funny, they won't die. Mm-hmm. Like as long as it's funny. <laughs> yeah. We, we've talked about like maybe one of them was suicidal and they kept on trying to kill themselves, but it like it was too funny every time. And he's like, Why? <laughs> nice. And there's you did things in it too where like the bear's parents are actually just <laughs> actual bears. Yeah, it, I feel like it, it's like a one in, in something chance that people will turn into tune mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like in everybody has a possibility of being a little bit tunish. Oh, interesting. And um, and and you you played a lot with the like. What interracial dating? Yeah, yeah. Where, where the guy was like dating a tune at one point, and mm-hmm. he was just like, uh, brought up all these social. Was that was that something that you just came about through 
um, thinking about the realities of this world or were you talking about other well I thought it would eventually happen like now even in like modern day people are attracted to like 2D things like right. if they existed why not fuck it like right. if it has a vagina like do it <laughs> <laughs> Like, if you saw, well, okay, I, I like to draw a lot of, like, a- aliens or monster women mm-hmm. or monster men. And, like, if if they are cognizant of what they're doing and they, they want to, like, they actually do want to fuck you, then why not do it? Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and, and there was a fair amount of sex in that. In yeah. That as well. uh, I kind of got embarrassed about that because, um... I, my, my parents didn't really quite know what I, like, they, they saw my sketchbooks and they sat me down before when I was younger and said, like, oh, this, you shouldn't be drawing this kind of thing. But I noticed that there wasn't really a accurate portrayal of sex in, like, webcomics or Mm -hmm. just regular media. It doesn't have to be, like, a grandiose thing. Like, people have sex, whatever, it happens. It's a part of life. And so I wanted to add that into my comic. And it, it actually helped me get my job in the future, too. So... It worked out. <laughs> Were your parents religious at all or just kind of moralistic? <laughs> my my dad was a preacher at a homeless shelter, so mm. that kind of messed him up. Uh, he, he called me one day and he had found my comic. And there's a part in the comic where the two characters go to a wharf and they start talking about the sea lions there. And it was something that I did with my dad. And I didn't realize that he was going to eventually read my comic. Mm-hmm. And he called me up one day and he said he was like... He was very proud, and he, he said he started crying after reading that, but he, he doesn't approve of what I was drawing. <laughs> so it was like this mixed bag of emotions. Right. I, 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 maybe a lot of people to deal with more. I get a lot of conversations with my mother about things like that, so maybe that's just the, the route that you travel if you're delving into those areas. Yeah. I, my mom says, like, hey, is this a comic I'm allowed to read? Kind uh-huh. of like she's like, maybe one day you'll send me like uh, a book that I can read. <laughs> it's like uh, Gilbert Hernandez won't let his uh, daughter read his comics. Oh. Yeah, Eminem allows no swearing in his house. What are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> my mom is, is like super concerned about it and she'll be like, I wish I wish you didn't didn't uh, put out things that your sister can't read and my seventeen year old <laughs> sister I'm like you ever read my comics she's like I don't fucking care. <laughs> oh. it, it was kind of weird because in my family I've I've caught like my sister draws like pornographic stuff too mm-hmm. and I've caught like I caught her before but I never really like addressed it right. until one day I was at my grandma's like. 30th sobriety party Mm -hmm. and like I didn't know she was even like an alcoholic until her 25th sobriety party but um like she she came up to me and I keep going to the sobriety party sorry sorry (laughs) well she they like to have parties like another year another Mm -hmm. year without a drink but um they get tokens and everything but I had just made it to the front page of a a website called Hentai Foundry. Oh, yes. And so... (laughs) Yes, yes. And my sister came up to me, and she kind of, like, edged into the seat and was like, so I saw you were on the front page of Hentai Foundry. (laughs) you're like, what are you doing on that site? I was like, uh... She's been on it, too, so it's really funny. (laughs) How much older than you is your sister? Uh, She's about three years, I think. Okay. I'm really bad at remembering my, Mm. my... siblings ages to be honest <laughs> were you were you the youngest child yeah i'm the baby okay. i have an older brother too nice what, he doesn't have any stuff on hentai foundry <sighs> no he he, he did tagging <laughs> he he was into graffiti like nice. all of my family is really like artistic like my mom i didn't even know she was an artist until maybe like five or six years ago there was like a picture in my grandma's house and it was a um a pencil drawing of 
some famous musician, and I didn't know that my mom was actually the one that drew it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So was there a lot of art around you growing up then? There, there was a lot of comic books. Like, I had every Far Side and every Garfield comic, and those are my, like, that's what got me into comics is <laughs> of all the things. Like, I've talked to other people who, who grew up on Calvin and Hobbes and, like, in, in better influences, but I had the, the gross, like, dad comics. Right. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with not liking Mondays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> this interview's over. Um, so, so were, were, um, so you were drawing very, very early on then? Uh, I, I watched my sister. She wanted to draw all 150 Pokemon. And I was so, like, as a little kid, you're like, oh, I want to do what my big sister's doing. Right. And so I, um, I I started tracing manga as a kid. And, like, my sister harped on me about it. But my one thing my grandpa told me was that you're you're learning the basics of drawing mm-hmm. when you're tracing. And that eventually one day you'll, you'll realize that you don't need the tracing anymore. And that you, your, your portfolio that you, you built in your head will, will be enough. And oh, so nice. you don't okay. need to look at anything. Yeah. And I, I do feel bad that I did trace, but I, I'm not, like, ashamed of it. Yeah, I mean, you have to learn it's somehow. It's a part of your I life. mean, I still go through and redraw things. From, yeah. What manga were you looking at back then? Um, there's this manga called Violinist of Hemelin. It's mm. really old, like, 80s. Like, everybody's got, like, eyes the size of, like, their 50% of their head kind right. of thing. But uh, I did that, and Cardcaptor Sakura was a really big nice. influence on me as a kid. <laughs> Tenchi Muyo. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> Tenji Muyo is like this um, weird missing link between <laughs> certain types of anime. Yeah. You'd say anime. I'm really <laughs> old. <laughs> My friend went to an anime convention and he purposely started like mispronouncing it to people just to see how pissed off they would no. be well, about my, it. My thing is I... Anime. Anime. Right. Well, I'm, I, I am a little too aware that anything I say will be done with a American accent so mm. I'm never going to get it right so I might as well just pick my own voice. I've got the the California like kind of valley girl accent so I use dude a lot and dude and, is a good and word. like <laughs> I need to stop I, using that. I like that. dude. Mm-hmm. I like like dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's I I like it as a, a an encompassing term like you you I hate the word dudeette so much like just call me a dude I I don't care. Right. Yeah. I specifically um I specifically refer to women as dude all the time, and I get corrected sometimes. And I'd be like, no, no. You're oh, a dude. Well, I will say lady dude sometimes. Lady dude. But that's just when we're being formal. <laughs> um, so At their wedding. Were you doing... Uh, you mentioned you mentioned that Effort Comics was kind of you. Were, you, were, you, were there failed attempts to do to do comics before there that? There were plenty of, like, ones... Like, I have sketch old, old sketchbooks of, like, I'd, I'd plan out all the characters mm-hmm. that I wanted to have in the comic, but I... I'm not a writer per se. Like I, I focused more. I put all my stats into art instead of writing. <laughs> Your stats. Yeah, I'd like to think of it as like a video game, like a Bethesda game where you put in like points and luck and 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 agility. And so my, I, I took all my points out of math and put them into art. Because your your writing is really what tied your work to me permanently, as opposed mm. to like it's what 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 made me go back to the oh. thing. Because I see a lot of amazing webcomic art, and then you're like. Hogwarts, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so I don't know. I just it's interesting that you don't think of that as one of your strengths. I I like slice of life stuff. I well I've I've been critiqued before that nothing really happened in effort comics. Like there wasn't really a I didn't follow like oh there's a climax or some big like disruption. 
but slice of life comics have always kind of fit with me and we were talking with with sean christensen earlier today about how often if you're talking about real things there's not a story arc there's Mm -hmm. not a plot you're talking about it and 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 a lot of effort comics is character building for me and like really interesting to see the way the characters would deal with relationships Mm -hmm. and uh and, and I mean that that is a story you did. You specifically had the the main guy who would grow a beard whenever <laughs> he was uh, going through rough times and yeah. shave it off. It was like this this um, it was it was heavy. And and you yeah. also had something so something really interesting about that too is and I wish I had the character's name the bear character Kurt Kurt yeah, yeah. you had he's he's a porn comic artist yeah, in, yeah. in the story he he was a bit of a self insert but I I distanced him a little bit mm-hmm. yeah. You're not a bear. I'm. I'm. Well, the the funny thing about Kurt was that I originally did design him as a, um, well, like a some a mascot for me basically mm-hmm. because I I had this whole thing that I always use usernames that are like gender neutral because I had growing up I I read like Avi and like mm-hmm. she she was a writer but she used like a gender neutral kind of name right. so that people judged your work based on your work not on your gender interesting and a lot of the times people come up to me and they're like oh I thought you were a guy like based on what you draw mm-hmm. and I'm like well whatever <laughs> well was it important to you when you were younger to find uh were you were you ever remember looking for for female cartoonists or writers um a lot of the the I didn't seek them out, mm-hmm. but I always like if I found one, I would latch onto them, kind of thing. Okay. I can't really think of like a female comic artist that's really. Um, did when you I ever, fa- did you ever hit Rumiko Takahashi? What what did they do? I'm bad with names. Rama and Inuyasha and Lum and all this stuff. I I really latched onto Lum, but I've never like read all of them or okay. or, or watched them. Uh, one artist that I really latched onto was when I found Katie Rice's work mm-hmm. because like I, I was fantastic. really into Spumco yeah. and I, I just like kind of, it, it, it shows in my work that I am inspired by it. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of freaked out one time because um, Luke Cormican, who's the other half of Scotty, like he, right. he sought me out and, and wanted to talk to me mm-hmm. and like, I've learned a lot through being friends with him and it, it, blows my mind that you can have like mutual friendships with artists that you idolize mm-hmm. it, it it's a nicely small community sometimes yeah. and eventually you're gonna you're gonna end up on your uh the person who uh, your comic book idols couches mm-hmm. it's, it's... Uh, uh there's a my my friend evan dom he does order of tales the oh, yeah. the mm-hmm. first time i i found his work i i and was, rice boy was yeah He's doing Vatu right now, which is, like, amazing. Nice. I love it. Um, he, uh, my friend Paul brought me into a Skype, and he was like, hey, can I invite my friend Evan in? And we were just talking, and I didn't know who he was at the time. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, yeah, I do this comic. And, like, my like my face went white, and I was like, oh! Like, right. That inside, like, shaking when you're so excited to meet, like, somebody that you really respect. Nice. I, I never want to lose that enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to get used to everything. And, I mean, do you still feel like you're... Do you feel like an outsider or an insider on on the comic book uh, like, community? Like when we went to that the, the the image signing thing, I felt a little bit like like an outsider because I don't quite know everybody. Like I know of their work, but mm-hmm. aside from that, I don't know them personally. Right. And so it, it was kind of nerve wracking to be like, oh, I really like Profit and I really like your your lines, and I've I've tried to color them one time, but like I I didn't have anything else to say. So I, I crept in the corner and talked to my friends. <laughs> it was casual. 
Uh, but like at, at cons, like all the time, I'll I'll be like great fans of somebody's work, and mm-hmm. I'll go up and 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 buy their work, and then just kind of like too nervous and too shaky to really say anything, so I'll leave. Mm. But I, that's why I like Twitter so much is that you can you can give out that that compliment, and if they know your work, they'll they'll usually respond back and be really positive about right. it. And it's not, not like you have to like also be like also oh, here's some of my work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The internet's really opened things up in nice ways. I do need to invest in business cards, though, because I always feel bad because you're at a con and there's so many things going on that, like, that one conversation you have with that person isn't going to necessarily stick in their head. Yeah. So having that con always I've never, helps. I've never owned a business card. Oh. Yeah, but I'm, I don't have a cell phone either yeah. or any of that stuff. What is up with that? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it. Uh, telephone landline do that you, he doesn't plug in. Do, yeah. you, do people just do smoke signals to find you? Uh, emails. Oh, okay. <laughs> that he doesn't reply to. That oh. I don't reply to. I'm still pronouncing anime wrong, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't think I've watched anything other than Akira, so you know, I've got a whole lot to go. We're worried about you. Um, but that's so, still a good one to watch, though. So Slipshine was the first... Was that the, kind of the first external job that you'd gotten? Yeah. it It's really pushed me as an artist. Like, doing 12 or 10 to 12 pages a month. Or I right. started out, out as, like, a, a, a bi-monthly. Mm-hmm. And just just that, like, I can see the jump in, in art quality every month. Because right. I'm pushing myself every time. And sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll skip what story I'm working on. And so when you read Spacey Lucy, like the first chapter will be like kind of eh, quality. And then I'll, I'll have done two other stories right. by the time I do chapter two. So there will be a, like a visual jump in mm-hmm. art. Oh, I should, I should mention Slipshine is a, is a, is a it's, porn website. That, it's like a, a, a sex positive porn site. Yes. On, <laughs> I like to throw that in because a lot of people, when they hear porn sites, they automatically think like a like hentai kind of like hentai feel yeah. crying tentacle porn website. yeah but i i worked on i, I did work for slipshine mm-hmm. um our porn high school that we yeah yeah i was i was on it about 12 or 15 years ago or something <laughs> ridiculous like that yeah um so it's kind of like an institution of yeah pornography. lynn is in I my guess. old alma mater yeah we should get like badges we should like actually little, That'd be awesome. Killer tats. But, um... Oh. You got enough tattoos this weekend, Brandon. I want, I want more. Living here... I just moved to Oregon, and, like, just walking through Portland, I just want to cover my entire, like, body in them now. All right. Well, you come to the right place. Yeah. But, so, Spacey Lucy, that... That, uh... Kurt... Kurt? Kurt? Kurt. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Lucy is from Effort Comics, yeah, yeah. and I did a joke gag comic about how like she wanted to be in a porn and mm-hmm. that he would draw it for her. Yeah. And and Josh became friends with me on Twitter, and he he was like, "Hey, do you want to like make that real? Like, mm-hmm. do you want to draw a porn?" And so I ended up like actually starting it. Do you want to make that real? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really uh, creepy, but yeah, it great. it was not it was not in that fashion. Well, Josh has a really good way of. Um, Running a porn site. What's and his last name? Lesnick. Yeah. He does. Uh, what Just is it? So Slip? It's not too uh, he does uh, a uh, lot of them. He does. Girl. He did girly. girly oh, he right. did. Uh, he does like Wendy two thousand, and he's doing you suck right now. Right. Yeah. He's really. Um, <laughs> That's a good name. I don't, I've, I've always been really impressed by how he's a guy who who makes. He's 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 deep into porn comics, <laughs> and he's. You don't you don't have to qualify at all. He's just a really pleasant. 
human being to deal with mm-hmm. that is really he's a laid-back boss like yeah. I he he doesn't like give the only requirements for Slipshine is that it needs to be consenting adults there no like animals like you can have like uh, like animal ears and it, as long as there's a person face and like a person vagina then it's all good but um, can you get what about weird horse penises there are some on there, but I I don't I don't like drawing that kind of thing. I've I've done like alien dicks with oh, like yeah. weird like lumps and bumps and stuff, but that's as far as I've gone. So what's the first thing that you did for Slipshine? Uh, it was Spacey Lucy. Okay. And then I after a while, like I have a problem where I can't do long form for so long. I want to try and do other projects. But a lot of your stories feel like they're set up for long form. Mm. Well, I, my problem is that, like, a lot of the time, the hardest thing for me is starting. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I want to... There's so many uh, ways to start a comic, and you want something that's eye-catching and something that draws the, the viewer in. And a lot of the times, I like to start in the middle of my story right. and then go from there. And uh, I, I had no idea what I was doing with Spacey Lucy, to be honest. Like, I just had a premise that there's the last woman in the galaxy and she, or human female, and she was going to try and get pregnant. Right. <laughs> but uh, see what alien gets her pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And, and, in, and in that, as well as in, in effort comics, you, something I really enjoy in your work is you seem to create taboos and then break them in yeah. a way that feels really authentic. Like like people having sex with tunes or, you know, you've got there's a there's a scene or there's a there's a thing in Spacey Lucy where there's an alien who is having sex with this like pretty lady alien mm-hmm. and then turns out that her race is hermaphrodite and suddenly yeah. his like issues about gender <laughs> yeah. come up and everything and and uh, and oftentimes when human thing it felt like a new thing it didn't felt like he was coming he had like a like coming from like 1950s Earth or something <laughs> it felt like you know. Well, this messes with my alien yeah. heteronormative ideas. Well, it's it's fun because like you'd think in the future there would be like even more uh, versions of gender mm-hmm. out there, and that people would have to be more inclusive and and open to those things. I I have one character that's in Spacey Lucy that I started out he he only spoke in his language, mm-hmm. and that was kind of a problem with Slipshine, is that you, you have to show that they're consenting, mm-hmm. and so I did that in, like, physically. Like, I showed him physically consenting to mm-hmm. her, and, and eventually I, I gave her a translator, and he had just been saying, like, like the dirtiest things to nice. her. Like, I know what it says on yeah. in the comic page. <laughs> <laughs> I made like a font and everything. Like I have a decoder in, and but I I don't know if I'll ever release it to the public to see like if they'll figure it out. But I do have like Spacey Lucy and then the what what it is in the font, so Mm -hmm. somebody could probably figure out from there. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) I have a lot of fun with my work. (laughs) Nice. I love that idea of of doing. I always, in a very cheesy, arty way, I always talk about, it, like, that's the roots, the hidden roots under <laughs> the tree of the story of, like, the things that the, the reader might necessarily see, but you have to figure it out. To, yeah. Do you, do you do a fair amount of that with your work? Um, I, I like building characters, and when you build a character, the world kind of just comes with them. Mm-hmm. And I, I know other people work in where they build the world first, and then they have the characters, but it, it just kind of organically builds in my head by doing it. I like how, um, with, like, Adventure Time and stuff, where the first couple seasons were all, like, 
establishing the world. Mm -hmm. And then in the later seasons, they like played off of it and they brought like meta jokes into it. And like, that's what I wanted to do with my work is that you establish the world and then you go deeper into it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's something fantastic that comes up when you start to look at things as like a, as a reality and where else can this come from? Mm -hmm. And, uh, um, so we get some of your other slip trend. You have uh, Invisible Man. It's uh, Mr. Invisible. Mr. Invisible, yeah. It's a uh, invisible, like, you know, the, the classic invisible, like, man with the bandages mm-hmm. wrapped around him. And he's a detective. And every job that he's gotten so far has been a female client. And they generally end up, like, having sex at some point. And I always joke about, like, what mysteries are you actually solving? Right. <laughs> I've, I've tried to actually put some stories in a couple times, but it, it always delves into the, the heart of it. Well, it's interesting. Like, have you, have you, you know, the Milo Minara Butterscotch series? I do not. So that that's basically about an invisible man who, um, a guy who figures out this, this, um, this chemical that he covers his body with that smells like butterscotch and, and. <laughs> And he's an invisible man that's like uh, gonna announce that he's in love with this ballerina, but first her her assistant finds out, and so they have this whole sexual relationship. And it feels to me like this uh, Italian pornographer basically being like tired of drawing the dudes. I just want to draw like uh, naked ladies all the time. And in and in Mister Invisible, it's the it feels like the opposite where you're actually doing things to make. And it's not that you don't like yeah. uh, sexualize the female characters, but you've got like. Um, ways to make his penis visible. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like to be like creative with it. Like the, the juices or whatever like yeah. shows it or like they're wearing a condom or something, but it, it, it's a challenge and it's mm-hmm. fun. And like, I understand that certain people, there are certain artists that like the main focus is the woman, mm-hmm. but I do like drawing stories where both characters are consenting and they're both like on the screen or on the panel. Yeah. Like it, it, it brings, it makes me want to read it. Mm-hmm. So is that something that um, do you do you think at all about the the audience, or are you doing thinking of it from your from yourself? Especially yeah. strange with porn. Yeah, um, you know what? I do it for myself, and if other people are into it, they're into it. And you know what I've realized is that a lot of people like my work because I am a female creator, and mm-hmm. so I kind of target it towards um, female like readers mm-hmm. in a way without realizing it. Is is it ever is do you ever worry about putting, uh, do you ever worry about putting that much of your, your sexuality out there for other people to see? <laughs> I I've always had the fear of doing like journal comics and somebody like coming up to me at a con and being like knowing all about me but I have no idea anything about mm-hmm. them. But like with with sex, like it it's. I, I don't feel that bad. Like it, it mm-hmm. somebody I've gotten creepy notes and I've had like people be like, eh, you're into that, but it, it hasn't really affected me that bad. So I, I don't really care. Okay. People know. Good. I was, I was always fairly guarded with some of my porn mm-hmm. comics where I was like, I, I specifically made it comedy oh. to not have to engage. <laughs> yeah. I'm not here to arouse you yeah. essentially. I mean, I, you know what the weirdest thing is that when people give me compliments about like, oh yeah, I had a really good session with your, your comic <laughs> last night. It weirds me out, but that's like the greatest compliment that right. you could get in, in the porn industry. So <laughs> you've met the like threshold of yeah. bore meter. <laughs> well, I, I, I talked to. Uh, are you familiar with Anta's work at all? Uh, yeah. Hardblush. Yeah. I, I was talking to him recently, and and he had this like ownership over people's like he was like I can turn their all I know all their buttons. <laughs> is that is that anything that you think about in your work? Is is 
keying into um i i draw comics for the love of drawing comics i don't necessarily like i wouldn't draw a story because like oh this is gonna rake in viewers yeah. if i if i fall into like i i necessarily don't really like women with dick stuff mm-hmm. and but and i know that's very popular on the internet that's but, for dudes though, yeah really. but there there are so many other comics out there that can do that why yeah. not do something that i want to see that isn't out there yet so, but you've drawn hermaphrodite yeah guess. yeah i it i mean it's not my what i'm into but i i have characters that are hermaphrodites was that more the alien aspect of it that was interesting i think so and i a lot of it was i was being um influenced by what was popular mm-hmm. at the time i don't regret drawing the character right. and, I, and i do like that character and i've all written yeah. the uh, lady with penis <laughs> yeah. to, to, to pull yeah. on the big bucks well if you i i always think of like ladies with dicks is that it's a guy who um they like me- uh women but they want to see that woman getting fucked so why not have the woman being fucked by another woman kind of I thing i always assumed it was just that dudes love penises Oh, well... And God. not even on, like, a sexuality judgment Guys or just, like, talking about dicks, like, all yeah. the time. Like, every dude I've met there's, has at least mentioned their there's dick. There's that Portlandia <laughs> thing where they, like, put a bird on it. When yeah. about guys, just put, put a, a dick on it. Yep. <laughs> I like football. Put a dick on it. I'm glad we had talk. Football is pretty <laughs> dick-heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of guys slapping each other. Um, interesting. Uh, so, are you influenced at all by reading other people's porn comics when you do that? Yes. Um, there's one artist called Ignacio Noe. I think he's an Italian artist. Mm-hmm. Um, I re- like. I'm, I'm not really into his subject matter because he's done like. What kind of books does he do? I'm not familiar. He he does like amazing. It's it's almost like Mobius level quality of mm-hmm. like detail. But um, he does a lot of like. It's a piano instructor, and then the piano instructor fucks like the the daughter of the okay. person or whatever. There's a there's one book called um, I think it, it's like Love Ship or something and it's it's a, a spaceship. Oh, I know this. Yeah, book, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a spaceship, and there's a later scene in it where there's a guy who um, he he got injured somehow and he was in a hospital bed and half of his face yeah. is covered and he has a birthmark on his dick that's a smiley face and just that panel like uh-huh. kind of influenced my design for uh, Mr. Invisible. And he has such a yeah, that guy. I was as soon as he, as soon as I like, made a connection to who it was, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's the guy who does blowjob scenes that go yeah. fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I <laughs> use that now. Like I use sound effects like that. Um, one thing that influenced me from his work is that the way he draws women's nipples are kind mm-hmm. of like galaxies, like right. they're like spinning. And it, it always interested me because not a lot of people put detail into like Montgomery glands on, right. and stuff. Or I think that's what the word is for that. I don't know. It starts with an M. Memory. The, no, 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 no. The the little bumps on okay. on a nipple. Montgomery. Are kind of, yeah. All right, I'm willing to accept it. I did like a tutorial on uh, boobs, and I, nice. I I added that into there. A bootorial. Oh yeah, yeah bootorial. That's another interesting yeah. thing to talk about because we've done it for a amount of art tutorials. Mm-hmm. Um, what what got you started in that? Uh, just people asking questions and like I, I myself I'm not a master like I don't know everything and like what I'm going to tell you is what I know so it's not like the law of anatomy but these are like tips that like maybe you you might get use out of right and, it, and it's got to be interesting just in how women are drawn a lot of times mm-hmm. in in porn comics yeah 
like it almost seemed like some of that was just like this is actually how <laughs> these things work yeah uh like the major thing about that tutorial was that i i mentioned that boob sag like mm. it's normal and and that like women when they lay down like they're gonna they're gonna go somewhere they're right. not gonna stick perky up and i've gotten messages about people like being they they feel better about their bodies now that That's this fantastic. is mentioned and like I, I get messages all the time on Tumblr about people saying like how much that my work has like made them feel better about mm-hmm. themselves and that really like makes me enjoy my work. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Does that uh um does that does that does that push you to do different things with your work? Like I'm I I'm, I want to challenge myself is mm-hmm. my major thing and I want to get better and I like to be inclusive and I, I want to try new things. Like recently I've been delving into like BDSM stuff mm-hmm. because I've been, my work has been called vanilla a lot and that term kind of irks me in a way because I feel that vanilla is not like... It's derogatory. Yeah, yeah. Like you can have like exciting uh, like sex and still in it, it'll still be called vanilla in a right. way. But... um yeah, I've been I've been look I've been like researching and I'm actually trying a like a dom sub relationship to see and experience it for myself. Mm-hmm. So it it'll be work research. Yeah, I like to call it work research, but it's it's a little bit for myself too. Right, <laughs> little tax write offs yeah. there. <laughs> I wish I could write that off like paddles and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> These handcuffs simply research. Get the furry ones. Depends. I don't know. I'm just it makes you furry. sweat. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's interesting and and is there is there any elements of your personal life that you feel like you've purposely kept out of the work or is it is it all kind of tied like research for your real life and real life research for the work <laughs> i haven't straight up like drawn myself into my work because people have asked me before but i've like drawn you, certainly I've drawn, drawn yourself, though, right? i've drawn characters that are kind of like pieces of me right, like, in yeah. a way yeah yeah because you do you you did a self-portrait i remember on your <laughs> site for a while yeah it's quite good <laughs> thank you uh like i i because i don't see representations of like my body type in in porn and and i've gotten a lot of compliments about how i can draw curvy women well Mm -hmm. but like sometimes i will draw the stereotypical like tiny waist big boobs because it's just fun to draw kind of thing (laughs) and and kind of outside do you you reach a saturation point with the porn stuff too where you're just like do you think you'll always do it or do do you have an interest in well, I'm, I'm like the whole reason I moved to Oregon is so that I can get a book out. And I, I do, I mean, I have fun drawing porn and it's like the best job I've ever had because I, I have so, so much, like I can make a porn story out of anything to yeah. be honest. Like it's, it's amazing, <laughs> uh, writing training when it does, you don't really need to have a plot because yeah. the, essentially ejaculation is as your lo- end point. Yeah. As long as there's fucking in it, it, it works. I, I've thought about this before where, like, uh, I really like the look of, like, baseball jerseys. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, maybe I can just draw a story about baseball and there right. needs to be fucking in it somewhere. It really is a great art high school. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I like that you, you started out doing porn and then you, you've, you've eased into, like, regular media. Right. Like, and there's so many other artists I've met that have started in porn or have drawn porn at some point, or I've talked to them and they want to do porn, but mm-hmm. they have like some kind of, uh, like something's holding them back from doing it. And I'm always encouraging. I'm like, do yeah. it, do it. It's not going to affect your career at all. Yeah, no, it doesn't. But do you think, do you, do you ever feel the kind of stigma of doing that? Because I, I certainly mm-hmm. had a lot of that. Uh, um, 
I, I do want to try doing non-porn. Like, I would like to be known for, like, a, a wide media of yeah. different things. So. I mean, I always, I always see cartoonists who are kind of eaten by their porn career mm-hmm. sometimes, you know. Like, like Milo Menard is an interesting guy because he almost has a reverse career of, of, of my goal where he... And not like I won't stop mm-hmm. it, not like I'll not be doing porn comics or that mm-hmm. type of stuff. But, but he started out doing really interesting work yeah. and then just fell into like a cavern, a, a boner cavern and don't just yeah. like, just like, I always, I always think about it in the beginning, he worked with Federico Fellini. Yeah. And then later in his career, he did a comic called WWW about an apartment full of hot chicks who have to do something sexy for webcams every 30 mm-hmm. minutes. And it's just like, how is that the same human being with the same motivations? Or Fatal Rendezvous, the one where the woman gets raped every day at the same time. Well, that's a whole uh, other animal. That's actually, that's just like, yeah. It, it sucks when there's artists that, like, they depict sex so well, but mm-hmm. then, like, all they do is draw, like, really gross. Like, there's a term called NTR, and I forgot what it stands for exactly, but it it's, like... It's sexual situations where somebody's being like cuckolded, mm-hmm. and like, or somebody's cheating, and and it's it's made so that you do feel bad about that person, but that person's still like getting off kind of thing. Oh, interesting. And it uh, just hentai in general kind of like ruin. Like I read them because of for the art, but mm-hmm. I'm just like, what am I like? That's not what a human being would do. Like, right. why would you? It, yeah, I really, I, I hit a point with, uh, like, the Blade of the Immortal guy's work. Mm-hmm. Have you read any of his, are you familiar with his erotic yeah, stuff? Yeah, Or, he does porn? Okay, yeah, yeah. I'll have to look that up when I He's, <laughs> and I don't, I don't say this lightly, but he's a creep. <laughs> <laughs> he did a, uh, he did a series that, he, it's a lot of, it's a lot of kind of, uh, torture, uh, I, I'll just, yeah. I always, my, my reasoning for it, like, amazing cartoonist, fantastic storyteller, did a comic book which is just about young teenage orphans being being sold to a prison system so the prisoners could just rape them until they died. Wow. And I, I couldn't read his work for yeah. years after finding that out. Which at the same time, which, while I'm still really defensive of fantasy in comics being completely okay and people drawing whatever they yeah. want to. Barry Bear line that can be there. There's also the line of I just don't want to engage with this. I've I've had a problem because uh, my my story Balls that's on Slipshine the first right. chapter of it I I don't necessarily link it out to people because um, I I was influenced by Berserk mm-hmm. the the story in in that is that he 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 was raped as a child right. and it, it affected him so much that it, it changed his life and it, it, it really it does play into the story yeah and so i i was gonna have that in my story because i was so influenced by these things mm-hmm. that i didn't realize that i could i could still have a story about a strong female character without breaking her right, like, right. but i wanted there to be some kind of like conflict between these two characters that would make her think differently of him, hmm. and and he would have to eventually gain his trust, her trust back. So what what did you go with in that? Um, well, with that chapter, I've I've gotten flack for it because it, it does it is technically rape, and and Slipshine is a sex positive site, and I I've asked to take it down before, but hmm. the 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 fans said it was okay, so they kept it up. But um, I'm I'm planning on redoing the book itself, and I'm I'm actually changing that chapter. We we talked with Kelly Sue DeConnick earlier this week about the idea of that being a, a trope in in uh, a lot of things. Yeah, just the idea of the it, it was basically the idea of the worst thing you could do to a female character when it's kind of through a male gaze mm-hmm. is 
is have them rape because it's almost a it was almost like a like if their sexuality is what's important to you then and if that is taken away from one man by another man then that becomes a thing it like in in all the cape comic stuff that i've read or Mm -hmm. or seen like it's always something to further the male story and the girl is just used as a like a, a plot device but I, I felt that in this story, it was for her, her story mm-hmm. is that the fact that she got raped, that she, she has to um, deal with it and he has right. to deal with it. And it, I didn't want it to be swept under the rug at any point either. Yeah. Like I wanted them to actually address what happened and, and, and keep dealing with it. And interesting to coming through from a berserk point of view, I, mm-hmm. I got this impression reading berserk early on that it was being done by a gay cartoonist. I thought so, too. Yeah, and yeah. it's incredibly homoerotic for the first, like, what, like, three books or something? Uh, the Golden Arc. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I haven't read past that because, honestly, that's all you need to read for that story. But, like, it is very homoerotic. But then later on, he just completely... It's just like he... Uh, it, later on, it, it completely changes and, and the focus is on, is on women. Yeah. Well, and it seems to lose all of that. It, surreal it's still kind of there like it it's it's so homoerotic but in 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 itself these are two men that are or one man that's like idolizing a dude to the point that he's like almost in love with him right but got some griffith yeah and he doesn't quite notice but then eventually he moves on and finds a woman and and they actually is like it, move on is it when casca shows up you yeah think that it yeah it's all like <laughs> Well, it's because Griffith will probably never like return the affections, mm-hmm. and they they mutually both of them were Casca uh, and 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 Guts were both like they they were in the same situation where they both kind of loved Griffith, right. but he would never love them back. So they bonded over. It that. reminds me of a. I read a magazine once where somebody came up with an idea. It was basically asked all these filmmakers like, "What would you do <laughs> if you could do a porn thing?" And someone had this brilliant idea that I never seen acted out. Where it was too characters that were both it was basically that where there's two characters that were stalking someone and they both realized that they were both stalking the same person and they have an affair that probably happens like all the time in reality like two people bonding you who are you stalking each other (laughs) you didn't even realize it you're stalking feral Dalrymple. that's true Speaking of stalking, um, <laughs> speaking of Feral Delbert, yeah. the handsomest man in comics. <laughs> what were you I was I was at Ape in um, mm. in San Francisco, and my friend pointed out Rebecca Sugar and Ian Q walking oh, nice. around, and we kind of stalked them like around the room. Like I was building up the courage, yeah. and my friend finally said, "If you don't do anything, I'm gonna go and talk to her." Mm-hmm. And so, and that was like the best idea of my life, or her like. Because, like, I, I went up to her and, and talked to her, and they actually knew my work, nice. and they were interested in me, and they eventually gave me the, the storyboard uh, test for Steven Universe. Oh, nice. But, like, things like that at cons, like, always do it. Like, don't be afraid to say, like, oh, I love your work. Mm-hmm. This is my work. It, it Those things, like, it might be two years or three years later, but those people might come around and actually, like, like do something with you. Right, and people in comics are excited about comics. Mm-hmm. I think that there there becomes a weird. Ivory. I mean, some people are just assholes, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But, but if somebody is into this thing because they love it, then it makes sense that they would, <laughs> they would want to see the work that you do. Yeah. Um. 
So let's see. Oh, I want to talk to you about the the backup you did in profit too. Oh, <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> so that was based off of dream, right? Yeah, I had this really weird dream, and I feel like it. Which profit issue? Uh, twenty seven. I don't know if you remember the topic. Just so folks know too. They... Yes. Right. Um. Uh. It. It was. You know how in Futurama they have that joke about how there's like uh, sponsored dreams. Right. I felt like Coca Cola was like going into my dreams because this I had this thing where it was this giant ivory tower and every every morning these people would have to like drink a coke uh-huh. and then if they didn't drink a coke it they would wake up like outside and get eaten by those monsters mm-hmm. that are out there and it's I've never really done a comic based off of a dream so that was an interesting experience for me <laughs> and that was all done digitally too right yeah do is, do you because you you work both ways right digitally no, and i'm 100 percent digital okay because I was, I was looking through your sketchbook here and it mm. looks exactly like your digital work oh cool i i rarely touch like uh real media anymore i i used to be like i used to scan and i used to do that stuff but it saves so much more time just mm. doing digital Interesting. So for me, it's like I, I like to draw outside. Hmm. <laughs> if I could take my Cintiq outside, I would do it. But it weighs like maybe 25 pounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's so hot, like 90 degrees, like my arm just resting on it. It's, it's so gross. What's your What's your process and, and, your, and your kind of work schedule like? Uh, okay, so for for Slipshine, I have a comic come out on the second of every month, mm-hmm. and so like after I finished a comic for the first ten days is yay I don't get to do have to do anything I can play video games or whatever, right. and then I by the tenth I need to at least have an idea in my head and thumbnails, and then by the twentieth the absolute twentieth I need to be drawing because I can finish maybe twelve pages by the second right. in in those days. And I have it down to an art by now. <laughs> uh, I've, I've I've skirted it like last this 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 recent recent one. I was late by like an hour because I went to your party. <laughs> and was the uh, is 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 like the writing process? Is this all stuff that you do in the same like do you? When you're plotting it, are you doing it in the same room that you're drawing it? Or yeah, normally I I do most of my thinking right before I go to bed. Okay. Like, I, and it's really bad because it keeps me up, and and I shouldn't really be doing that. But uh, a lot of the times, I'll just draw thumbnails without really thinking of what they're actually saying. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it'll just be the actions, and then I'll put speech bubbles, but I have no idea what the concrete thing is they're saying. Does it change a fair amount from the thumbnails to the final? Uh, not the positions, but the, what they're saying does mm-hmm. sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I've had it before where if a panel is just like, I can't draw it, I just redo the entire page altogether. It's right. better than sitting there and forcing myself mm-hmm. to draw something I didn't want to. What about, what about things kind of around like external stuff like music or, uh... <laughs> I, I like switching it up. Like sometimes I'll listen to music. Sometimes I'll listen listen to podcasts. I like listening to Inkstuds while I. While it's I a wise draw. choice. Yes. I always tell Robin he's like, "This is a long interview," and I'm like, "Ah, people just draw while they listen." Yeah. To stuff. I, I really I, I have two monitors, and so I always have I either have like Netflix on the side, and I, I downloaded Dead Set, so I'm I'm ready oh, nice. to, I'm ready to draw with that, and um like or I'll I'll have audiobooks sometimes, and that's mm-hmm. that's always really fun because you when you're drawing. Uh, as long as I'm not thumbnailing or thinking about text, 
like you can just focus on whatever they're talking about and and it makes time go by faster does it ever influence the work uh the music does Mm -hmm. generally like i like to pick whatever kind of mood i'm in kind of thing uh but i i like to have uh shows that are like talking heavy Mm -hmm. like i can't have something that's very like visual because i'll be constantly like turning my head or whatever dead set might not be the best (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah i try to do like if it's animation i can't i can't do it while i'm drawing Mm -hmm. because i want like the thing about animation is you want to like look at it it's (laughs) it's not all talking and if it has subtitles then fuck no i can't work (laughs) i found that i can pretty much only work with 70s uh British science fiction on because it's just endlessly people running down hallways. <laughs> and then he tried to make us listen to some on our LA road trip and it kept making the driver fall asleep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Every time he put it on. That was a good story. <laughs> oh, just science fiction on your books. Awesome. My, my friend's like uh, putting on um, the Ice and Fire uh, books, uh, Game of Thrones books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like we'd sit there and just like the guy who does the voice for it, Roy Dotrice, Do- I think is his name. He has a way of saying um, Sansa. Sansa. He says Sansar. Nice. He's got like a like I think he's Scottish, and nice. so all throughout the this last, they came up to visit me. We went to Seattle to the Dota Two tournament up oh, there, nice. and like they just kept saying Sansar all the time. I had seen, I would listen to Sherlock Holmes audiobooks, and they would say yeah yeah. He also says boiled leather like 9,000 oh. times in the book. And you're like, I'm trying to drop porn yeah, like here. Yeah, like boiled leather. That's the name of your uh, collection, by the way. <laughs> I, have to, I have to name it now. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm re- like, the whole reason I moved here is I do want to gather all my work together and get a physical book that's all me and oh, yeah, not an anthology. That. But uh, I, luckily, my, my roommate, Amanda... Um, she's going to help me, and I have a couple other friends here that know a lot more than I do. <laughs> about about putting uh, together a longer-form work? Yeah. Are you looking to self-publish it or find a publisher? I would like to... I mean, it would be so much easier on me if I had a publisher, but I feel that I'd probably start... I want to make at least one self-publish first. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. Because um, I wonder if that's... Um, I wonder if that environment's changed a bit. Like, would you go through self-publishing in a, like, contacting the printer, and or would you go risograph? Um, well, from what I've talked, like the the like friends, they they talk to the printers, mm-hmm. and so I mean, I'm I'm pretty okay with talking to strangers on phone, but like, I have no idea what I'm doing here, so I'd probably like liaison through them, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But and I, it's having. Um, Living around or with your cartoonist friends here influenced mm-hmm. your work at all? Uh, well, definitely. Oh, it's it's only been like a month and a half so far, but uh, like just talking to Amanda, like I've gotten ideas and I've got a great drawing from her in my sketchbook. Yeah, uh, she was really excited about that. Um, I I talking to Leia, like uh, mm-hmm. like we were gonna do Beyond, and if I hadn't li- moved here, I wouldn't have also the connection that I go right. over to her house and we drink a bottle of wine and I get like buzzed, and she helped me with the balls plot, and mm-hmm. it really helped out like a lot. Like just having people ask me questions about things really helps me solidify the world. Does it feel like a kind of, ne- like you're, you're building your own editorial through network <laughs> of friends? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I'm, I'm really heavily using their, their knowledge to my use. <laughs> Nice. I, I'm a big fan of kind of comics community as a as an influence on the work. 
I'll definitely have to put their names like in the book. Like thanks, them. thanks them. Oh, on purpose. <laughs> Let them know how important. They are. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, so future mean, people. Bro. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I'm kidding. I do need to hire an editor, though. I have horrible grammar, and it's really like it. It kind of annoys people sometimes. Is the I mean I, I can't spell at all, but <laughs> I I have a system of sending it through several people, but <laughs> Marion mainly. Mm. I'm Simon Roy. I don't trust him. No, okay. Um, I feel this has been really good, Lynn. Thank you so awesome. much for coming over here always... from the from the suburbs of uh, Portland, Beaverton. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, the best porn name yeah, for a town. I I love that idea. That was kind of the reason why we moved there. I was like, oh, we gotta. <laughs> and you know what? It turned out to be it's all families and like big mega stores. I'm sad. I wanted there to be like a giant beaver statue or something mm. somewhere in there. Yeah, but Linda, it's been fantastic talking yes. to you. I was really excited about this. Yeah, thank you so much. Reminder, Lynn Weissel, and you can find her work on Slipshine and in books like Smut Peddler, Sleep of Reason, and your Tumblr, which is... Uh, Chipper Whale. Dot Tumblr. Dom. Tumblr with an E. Why do they do that? <laughs> thank you so much, Lynn. <laughs> Yeah.